Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of Sports Weeksly. I am Austin Weeks and as always I'm joined here by my cousin Tyler. Uh, this week is an interesting week. We have no football game to break down and we we don't have much to talk about. We didn't decide what we were going to do for a lot of the show until about five minutes ago. Yep. Uh we're going to start off like normal. We'll, we'll go through some games around college football. We'll go through some BYU opponents, their upcoming opponents. But after that, we had no idea what to talk about because, let's be honest, we could preview Dixie State or Utah Tech. Excuse Watch me. Watch it. Excuse me. Sorry. Watch it. Sorry. I, I, I forgot that there's a lot of sensitive people in here. Um, we could preview Utah Tech, but there's really not much to preview because we don't know a whole lot about Utah Tech except they're, for they're an FCS team and – if BYU doesn't win by probably 30-plus, it'll be... Uh, kind of a loss. Kind of a loss, yeah. A little disappointing. Because, I, 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 like I told you, I scoured the internet trying to find any sort of line spread total, like betting lines, basically, for this game. And it is almost impossible. And I'm thinking a lot of that just has to do with, like, we're playing Utah Tech in FCS school, which I'm sure isn't priority for a lot of the, the Vegas lines. But the only thing that I could see people come up with was the, the, the spread for BYU was around, like, I think 32.5-ish. And, and the total was around, like, the low 60, like 62.5, 63.5. So they're basically saying BYU is going to win, like, 40-something to, like, 14. Hey, I'll and take that. I, I, w- I would take that, yeah, sure. Although, I don't know. Utah Tech could put up points. They've, they've put up points, and I understand they're FCS schools and going against FCS schools, but I don't trust BYU's defense still, despite what they did at Boise State. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll see what, if they cover that spread. But, uh, yes, we'll just get into some college football games real quick. A lot of – so, like, what we consider games of significance is basically if it was either an exciting game or if a ranked team lost. And there was a lot of ranked losses this week. Um, so I'll just start off at the top. Purdue, they beat – Number 21, Illinois, 31-24. to Sorry, Big Ten. Sorry, Illinois. Um, Vanderbilt, they beat Kentucky. Kentucky's had a rough slide oh, I know. lately. I mean, they were ranked up to all the way up to number nine, and then they've lost, like, what, four games now? Well, and this was Vanderbilt's first SEC win in how many years? Oh, yeah. I know it I, was it was bad. Yeah. And so, I mean, to, to have a guy like Will Levis who, you know – is consistently in the top ten on the draft board for quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And what's what's crazy to me is I was looking at I was just looking at Twitter after the game, and it was amazing how many people are just dumping on him right now, just being <laughs> like, "You guys think this guy is top five? Like it's it's a slide from grace from from what everyone was talking about him, even just a couple weeks into the season. Right. Yeah. Although then again, I don't know what people think of quarterbacks until the draft actually starts because right. Jordan Love was the first round quarterback. And uh, after Jordan Love's senior year, like you and I would not thought watching him. I mean, he threw three picks against BYU in 2018. Mm-hmm. It's like, how is he a first round quarterback? I, I don't know. Or 2020, not 2018. Um, but anyway, yeah, that was a bad loss for Kentucky. I think it was at home too, which makes it even worse. Oh, that's rough. Um, oh, it was at home. Yeah. Vandy beat him. In yeah, Kentucky like that. Yep, twenty four to twenty one. And then bigger game, Alabama takes on Old Miss. Alabama wins thirty thirty to twenty four. Sorry, our boy Jackson Dart. Just uh, just another reason to transfer, you know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're not gonna have much success there at Ole Miss, especially with Lane Kiffin probably going to the Auburn job. Um, if anyone has any contacts with the Dart family, we're happy to talk to Jackson. Oh, we really are. For sure. We'll hype up BYU big time. Uh, one thing that I didn't get to watch the game, but my dad was saying that apparently Saban at the end of that game just had a relieved look on his face. Just like, oh, I'm thank sure he did. goodness we did not lose another one. Right. I mean, we were talking like the last – or Alabama's only lost two games in – like since Saban took over like twice, I think. Right. And when's the last time Alabama, period, lost three games? Yeah. Outside of Saban, because Saban, I don't think he's ever done it. And outside of Saban, when's the last time Alabama lost three games that I can remember? It's like, I don't that know. is not a consistent thing that happens. And so, 
Especially if that that would have been back to back loss because they lost to LSU last week, right? Yep. Yeah, that would have been bad. Yeah, we watched that from our hotel room after. Oh right. After sitting on a high after a Boise State win somehow like that, yep. and and then watching a kid that was in third grade when we were high school seniors. Absolutely. <laughs> kid that was in third grade score the two point conversion. Uh huh. Uh, but yeah, and then UCF they're they're ranked twenty two now. Um. They beat Tulane, who was ranked number 17, 38 to 31. Poor Tulane. Um, Boston College, they beat NC State. NC State was ranked 16th, and they beat NC State at home 21 to 20. Um, so, ACC continues to stink. But then, number four, TCU. And there was a lot of people saying, oh, well, I'll, I'll finish. Number four, TCU beats number 18, Texas, 17 to 10. And there was a lot of people saying that. TCU is going to lose this game online, and well, they're going to get exposed by Texas. Texas it was amazing. Superior roster. I know you were playing in Austin, but it was like Texas would fa- was favorite seven in that game. Mm-hmm. Like it's that's crazy to me. Like the fact that people still think that Texas is back, they are so far from it right now. <laughs> like you're going to have to string together a couple Big Twelve championships for me to start drinking that Kool Aid, right? Like, you can't just sit here every time and just be like, aha, they were one piece away, and now that Quinn Ewers is there, oh, if Quinn Ewers plays that, that whole game, you know, they probably beat Alabama. I have no doubt about that. But this is the same type caliber game. If anything, this just showed me that TCU is better than Alabama was. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to, for Texas to be back, you're going to have to put together a stretch like Oklahoma did when they had like Baker and Kyler yeah. and Jalen back to back to back quarterbacks. Absolutely. Like, that. like basically Oklahoma from like 2015 to 2020. Like you have to put a, together a stretch like that. Yeah. For Texas to be actually. You have to, to consistently be, be in the talk. And honestly, them going to the SEC is going to be one of the worst oh, it's things even for worse. Them. Yeah. Because I don't know how the SEC is going to do it. I'm sure once that happens. Which they should have done it already. I think every conference should just get rid of like divisions because oh, yeah. it, it ruins your conference. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that you're going to have a Big Ten championship of Ohio State or Michigan versus I don't even know who's who's the best team in the in the West. I couldn't even name Wisconsin, it. Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, or it might be Illinois actually. Oh yeah, it probably is Illinois. That's crazy. So the fact that you're going to have Ohio State and Mich- or Michigan. Against Illinois in like, the championship, right? Like they, that's why they need well, to do it. Pac-12 got it right this year. Yeah, the Pac-12 and then the Big 12. They're the only two because the Big 12 doesn't have divisions. Yeah. yeah. So they 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 have it right, and other teams need to do that. But like once Oklahoma and Texas go there, there, I don't know how the divisions would shake up or if they're just going to get rid of them completely, and you basically just schedule in. Like you have like little like bubbles of like pods, just yeah. for just for scheduling purposes, but it has nothing to do with conference or anything yeah. like that. That's how like that's that's what I want the Big Twelve to do whenever BYU goes to the Big Twelve because I don't want divisions. Mm-hmm. I, I I think divisions just ruin it. But I don't know. It will just get tougher going to the SEC overall because I mean, say they do end up doing divisions, you're in the SEC West. Like you're going to be playing LSU, Mississippi State, Mississippi, Alabama, Auburn. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. Um, moving on, a couple more games. And these I left these on last. Pac-12 had a rough week. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so, number 25, Washington, beat number 6, Oregon, in Austin, 37-34. Did you catch that game? No. So, I started watching towards the end of the game, right? Because I was like, holy crap, I can't believe Washington is in this. Like, don't get me wrong. I think Washington's <laughs> Washington's been so up and down this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, like the fact that they're kind of <clears throat> back on the way up towards the end of the season, and this being a rivalry game with Oregon and everything, what's amazing to me is Bo Nix goes down because he gets—I can't remember—he gets tackled. I can't remember if it was a QB draw, but he's walking off, and all of a sudden, like goes down something with his ankle, right? And I was like, uh oh, me. Being the fan I am, I was just like, Bo, you cannot be hurt the week before the Utah game. I need you. I need you. Honestly, yeah, though. I don't care if you lose this game. I need you next week. Right. (laughs) I have no skin in the game other than hating the Utes. Exactly. But So I'm watching that game, and I was like, oh, no. Like, 
Ty Thompson's going to be the guy doing this, and Utah's going to somehow sneak their way in to a Pac-12 championship again. And somehow they're going to knock off USC and go back to the Rose Bowl. But this time they're actually going to win it. And I can already hear all the Utah fans. Like, I was I was going through the motions. Like, I already, I had already written off the season, basically. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Ty Thompson comes in. Because um, I can't remember if if Oregon picked off the ball or picked up on a, on a fumble, something like that. Ty Thompson comes in. Um, he's not doing too bad, but then it's fourth down and you're in field goal range. Dan Lanning decides to roll the dice. He's going to go for it. It's fourth and one. Mm-hmm. Bo Nix is one of the best QB sneakers in, in college football. And he is running from the tent to the side, running to Dan Lanning and telling him, call timeout, call timeout. I can go. Call timeout. Nah. Dan Lanning said, nope, here we go. They roll the dice. They don't get it. Washington goes down and kicks a field goal. First off, kick the field goal. Take the points. Put the pressure on Michael Penix Jr. Mm -hmm. Second off, you brought in this quarterback from Auburn. You're not going to use him when he's yelling at you, I can go, I can do this? Because on that last drive, Bo Nix was in. But... At that point, it was like I can't do anything. Like you want me to drive seventy-five yards on these guys that have that have been up and down with their defense, and they're definitely going to be up right now. Uh huh. And so yeah, it, I was so frustrated. I mean, one, I was going through the motions because I didn't want Bo to be hurt. Well, now that now that he's going to be okay, I'm like okay, it's fine. But yeah. like they had a total chance, and and Lanning kind of threw it out the window. I'm curious how that works. Can so when he's on the sideline, can Bo Nix call timeout? That's a good question. Like, it, it, can he just negate could, whatever the coach says? Yeah, could he just be like, hey, I'm calling timeout? Because right. he can do it on the field, but... Exactly. Absolutely. That's what I I'm wondering know. is, like, if Dan Lanning said no, and he's like, well, forget you, and just yeah, went over you. to the rest. Timeout. Timeout. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, you might I would get imagine. chewed out, but would, if you right. pick up the first down, then what's the matter? Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was a wild ending, though. It was out, It was honestly a fun game to watch. Yeah, I mean, I saw the fourth down play just because I saw a replay of it on, like, Twitter or something. Yeah. But I didn't see any of the game besides that. But I was actually thinking the same thing, and I was explaining it to a coworker today at work. I was like, all I need this weekend. And I'm like, honestly, I the way the BYU season has gone, I care more about Oregon beating Utah than I do about BYU beating Utah Tech this weekend. Uh-huh. And I'll be just frankly honest about that. Oh, yeah. That's well, just where is, I'm at. What time does Utah and Oregon play? Uh, let me see if I could find that. But yeah, I was explaining it to my coworker. I was like, as long as if, if USC can beat UCLA and Oregon can beat Utah, so there is just no doubt that they are not going to the championship, yep. I will be thrilled. Absolutely. <laughs> that's all I want. 100%. Um, so, oh, that's it. Utah State. I don't really care about you. So they play Utah, Oregon, 8.30 p.m. Mountain. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And that's a night game up at Autzen. Man, I I would love for the I mean the the thing is the Utes are playing to to try to get in the Pac twelve championship somehow. But the freaking like the Ducks are gonna be pissed after that game. I fully oh, I believe so. that. I hope so. And so Because that I mean that essentially knocks them out of the playoffs. Right. Now now the only playoff hope for the Pac twelve is USC. Right. So, which speaking of USC, let's jump over to the other side of LA and talk about UCLA. Yeah, Arizona <laughs> beat UCLA thirty-four to. Tw- I didn't write down the UCLA score. Thirty-four to twenty-eight, something like that. Yeah, I think. And was that was that game in Los Angeles? Yeah, it was at the in Rose Pasadena. Bowl. Uh-huh. Okay, here's the thing I will say about the Rose Bowl: not much of a uh, home field advantage. <laughs> There's not enough people that go. It's, it's a little better than playing in Palo Alto. Yeah, that, that's yeah. that's what we're working absolutely with. like. And it's funny because you see USC Stadium and how yeah the past couple of years it hasn't been great, but all of a sudden this year like they're filling that place. Uh huh. And then yeah, you look over at uh, UCLA and it's been years and years. And if you can if you if you're ever down there and you're curious what a game at the Rose Bowl looks like. 
go to a UCLA game. They're cheap tickets. Yeah, I mean, I was, we were, I think it was in Vegas, or maybe it was a week before Vegas. I, I was at a BYU game, and I saw a picture on Twitter of UCLA yeah. as the team was running out, and I'm like, there's maybe like 2,000 people there. Yeah. <laughs> it's for sad. A, for a stadium that holds over 100,000 people. Well, yeah, and I'm like. It's awful. I'm like, I, I, I understand like the Dodgers are in the playoffs at that time, but. What else are people doing on a Saturday? Do people just not care that much? It just it seems so odd to me because I'm like, yeah, I, I come from Pittsburgh, where Pitt is like the laughing stock of the city in terms of fan base. But it still and has a huge. It fan still base. has a way bigger fan base than something like that. Oh yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Like some places, I don't I don't know what it is. I mean, even Stanford when they're good. I don't know that they sell out stadiums. Well, even, yeah, when they had Christian McCaffrey and they were consistently like a top ten, top fifteen team, they weren't selling out their stadium. Yeah, it's it's. In, granted, I, the one thing I will say about Stanford, at least it's a bunch of intellectuals. Like <laughs> they're like, we don't have time for this football crap. Right. But like, what are you gonna do in L.A.? I I don't know. I, I don't know. It's really interesting, especially because Pasadena is a nicer part. Uh huh. <laughs> I. Look, I've been to the I've been to the Rose Bowl and I've been to the Coliseum. I feel safer at the Rose Bowl, but I saw more fans at the Coliseum. <laughs> right. Well, and and that's I think that's the tough part because it'll always be tough for a college team to play in a big city because you're not going to be like the main attraction. Right. But even other teams can like I'm just I'm not surprised that they don't fill it. I'm surprised at how little they do fill it. You can't like, even put 25% in there. Right. It's it's not that they don't fill it. That wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. But the fact that they only have like a few thousand fans there is very surprising to me. Yeah, I know. It's one of those things where it's like, at what point are you going to like elementary schools and just being like, give away these tickets. Here you go. <laughs> Let these kids... Yeah. Like... Yeah, you, you you can bring both your parents. Like you can walk into the state. You show us your elementary school ID. We'll let eighty people in behind you. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, and that's like, unless you want to live like in the L.A. area and USC doesn't want you, why would you want to play football at UCLA? Oh, I know. It, it just seems so odd. The only thing I can think of is is playing for Chip Kelly. Yeah, but that's it. Yeah, like, you're I mean, he's done well overall. Like despite this loss, like they've had a great season. Yeah, but it's I just can't imagine. I mean, same thing with Stanford. Like we said, like unless you're going for a certain degree at Stanford, if you're going to college to play football, Stanford's not your place if you want to have a fun atmosphere for a game. Yeah, no, it's it's really interesting. And speaking of Stanford, we play them in a couple weeks, so they're one of our BYU foes that are coming up. Although this week we play Utah Tech, like we mentioned earlier, and Utah Tech they picked up their third FCS win of the season. Their fourth win. Oh, that's right, because they beat some Division Two team. They beat huh? a Division Two team. Yes, um, they beat Tarleton State. Your guess oh. is as good as mine. Where that play, where they play? Tarleton. They, they beat them thirty-four to twenty-eight. Um, so watch out for the powerhouse of the Utah Tech Trailblazers. So in case you're wondering, Tarleton is in Stephenville, Texas. I, I definitely know where that is. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's their that's their third. FCS win. I believe that's their third win in a row. So watch out. The the Utah Tech Trailblazers are rolling. It is because um, they beat Stephen F. Austin, then, then SCU, then Tarleton. Yep. They're, they 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 are, are rolling on the hot into seat. Provo. They, yeah, we're in. To be fair, we we probably are in trouble. I don't know. I, actually, no. <laughs> the only person in the stadium that's in trouble is you. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's a there's about a I mean according to ESPN there's probably gonna be like a 99 percent chance that you are going to have blue hair 98.5 98.5 percent chance okay so here's the interesting thing just looking at some stats and yes I'm probably gonna have blue hair I I don't know I maybe I'll post it on social media I'm not really on social media all that much but maybe I'll post it on there because what else am I gonna do with the blue hair. <laughs> You know, I, I, I share it with me. I guess I'll see it. <laughs> yeah, you'll see it. Uh, my wife will have to see it. I did move the, uh, you know, just assuming that that this is going to happen. I did move my my appointment to get my hair colored. It was originally on Annika's birthday. 
No, that's your birthday gift. I'm it not has, getting blue hair on your been, birthday. It has been moved so I can spend the day with her. But yeah, anyway, so I was looking up. Utah Tech had a different quarterback at the beginning of the season to who's okay. to who's starting over the last five games or something like that. Well, who's starting now? Because it might be our cousin's cousin. His name is Victor... Victor Gabali. I have no idea. Gabalis? Okay. I, don't, I don't think that's our cousin's cousin. Yeah, some... Uh, they benched Tracy, whoever he is. Something Tracy. Anyway, but this guy, like his stat line's not bad. I mean, it's it's 109 for 208, uh, 1,620 yards, 14 touchdowns and 9 interceptions. They got a running back who has a heck of a lot more yards than any one of our running backs does. He has more than double what Chris Brooks does. He's got 1,031 yards. And then... The receiver has more than double what Puka has, and that's 1,149 yards. That being said, you know, Puka wasn't really playing for a lot of the season. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this, this receiver's got 14 touchdowns. The running back has eight touchdowns. This is a team that, like, funny enough, like, I think they're going to be able to score. Well, so – one of my coworkers went to Dixie, and I could say he went to Dixie because he didn't go to Utah Tech. He went to Dixie, <laughs> but that is now Utah Tech. And he said, watching the team this season, because he's a BYU fan, but he also will watch Utah Tech just because that's yeah. his alma mater. He said the one thing that they can do is put up points. The one thing they can't do is stop points. Right. Well, I mean, so it's kind of like what we thought Utah or or BYU would kind of be. Yeah. Where we thought BYU would just put up a ton of points and it didn't really matter what the defense did. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what Utah Tech does. They can put up points. They just have a hard time stopping opposing offenses. Yeah, well, according so, to this, I mean, so they put up 33 in their first game and then 56 and then 14, 17, 10, 14, 13. And then in these last three games, they put up 47, 48, and 34. And so I think it's a team that can that can score a fair amount, and the the big thing is is can BYU at least defend well enough a couple times. <laughs> that being right. said, I don't think anyone's really worried about this game. No, um, like it's not like I'm going to sit here and be like, "Oh man, this could be a dark horse loss. This could be the Virginia of this year." I don't think that. Yeah, but Virginia was a power five, <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. Like I don't think this is. I don't think these guys are near the same league. Um, I I do think that we're probably going to give up some big plays, just because oh, absolutely that's that's who we are. In twenty twenty two as BYU, I would expect that's, to at least give a few chunk plays. Up. Yeah, that's who we are as a team. That's that's our philosophy is uh, bend don't break unless it's a really big break. Then go ahead and do it. <laughs> um, but I wanted to share one little tidbit because you you mentioned like how like we were scoring pretty well and all of a sudden kind of got to. Notre Dame and everything was kind of shunted. Uh huh. From what I think it was my dad telling me this on Sunday that apparently Jaron, before that Notre Dame game, got a shot in his arm and he couldn't feel it all first half. Oh, interesting. So he couldn't feel a thing in his in his right arm. Uh, on, in the first half, and that's why all of a sudden our offense came alive in the second, in the half. second half, right? Because he could feel his arm again. Suddenly, that first play of the game kind of makes, makes a little more sense. And then, like the other bad throw, it's just because he's like, "It's like he I did... can't sense how much power I'm putting in the ball." <laughs> right, right. He's like, "I don't know if I should really whip my arm or not because I don't know how much power this." Is. <laughs> right, exactly. And so it was just like, okay, that makes a little more sense. Doesn't really explain. The two games after that, no, but at least for that game, like it was like, oh, okay, so we could have won this if Jaron was healthy. Got it. Good to know. Well, at least with Arkansas, they put up thirty-five points. The really the the thing that's shocking was the Liberty game, where oh, they yeah. put up fourteen in the first quarter and then didn't score again. Well, and the fact that after so after Alfrey gets that interception, I was like, okay, I'm actually feeling good right now. We're gonna go up. Was it fourteen to three at the time, or fourteen nothing? I think it was fourteen to three at the end of the first quarter, or something like that. Yeah, but I was just like, okay, like I'm actually, I, I actually feel like this could be okay. 
And then Liberty decided, no. These <laughs> fans came to see us. They didn't, I'm the captain they didn't now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They didn't come to see you. They came to see us. Anyway, um, I you know this is the type of season we needed going into the Big 12, though, as far as getting certain coaches fired. As horrible as that oh. is to say, like I think it's horrible to lose your job, but when you're underperforming, there's certain metrics that. Well, imagine if we had announced the year, like in 2016, hey, we're going to the Big 12. Whenever oh, yeah. all that al- alignment stuff was happening, and then oh, 2017 yeah. happens, and it's like, thank goodness we fired Ty. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It's, it's blessing in disguise that it kind of happened because like it's it stinks. You never really want someone fired, but at the same time, they, it's deservingly so. Like you know, mm-hmm. you're not rooting for it, but. In a way, it's like it needs to happen to better the program. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, for me, Utah Tech, this game is going to be, like if I had to put a prediction on a score, um, I'll say like I think 52 to 28 is very realistic to me. Like yeah. I can see us putting up a lot of points. But been giving up like, more like, than we gi- should. But giving up like twenty four, twenty eight. That that really wouldn't shock me. Yeah, I I have this as a fifty six seventeen. Um, Utah Tech just kicks the crap out of. I'm just kidding. Um, BYU, <laughs> BYU with the victory. Um, fifty six. But yeah, I think I think it's one of those. Um, I think I think BYU's defense is figuring it out, and yeah. Don't get me wrong, we're we're a far cry from being considered good, but I I do think that we're we're starting to figure it out. Yeah, I think you definitely saw some progress, and you've seen progress. I think you started to see it in the ECU game, despite the loss. You started to see it in some ways, and then the Boise State game was basically the perfect epitome of the bend don't break defense. Oh yeah, they they bent for sure, but they didn't break and lose the game. So. Also, we didn't even mention Stanford. They lost to four, Utah, forty-two to seven. Stanford, yeah, you, you um, lose to Utah. I don't care. Right. Uh, poor I'm Elder McKee. Yeah, Tanner McKee. Um, I can't remember if it was you or if it was my dad saying this, but he kind of understands why. Like, there's just he doesn't really have many weapons. He doesn't really have an offense around him. Like, yeah. Like it's curious. You'd be curious to know what his stat line would be at a different school. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's not like he's playing or like overly like bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know, if Ty sticks around, we probably get Elder McKee, but we also have a pitiful offense. So, um, but yeah, overall, I think I'd be curious to see what he looked like with with better weapons around him. But oh well, what are you gonna do about it? Oh, couldn't he transfer? See. I don't know what eligibility. I don't he know has. what year. I know he was recruited by Ty back in sixteen and seventeen. So, yeah, but you think he went on a mission, which means so he was class of, he was class of, no, he was the same year as, uh, as Zach. Oh, so he, he was. So yeah. he was an eighteen class. Yep. So that means he would have been on his mission in eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. So, so he should be only like a junior. Yeah. Hey, we need somebody. <laughs> Hank Bachmeyer, Tanner McKee. Well, I'm just saying, like, Jackson Dart, whoever wants to come gonna, over. You're basically going to, as long as you are competent, you're probably going to walk into a starting spot. Oh, so, yeah. so any anybody can come try. Yeah, we've, we've shown we have zero faith in, in Conover and yeah. the fact that Conover beat out Finnegan. And Finnegan has beaten out the other two. I mean, at this point, let's throw Nick Billups out there and just see what happens. What? Well, just a last thing on Utah Tech. If you're up by like 24 plus in the first quarter, pull Jaron. Pull Jaron. Why would he be in there after that? Yep. I don't even care if the game really gets close. <laughs> by close, I mean within like. Within 14? Within like 14. Yeah. I still think you should be able to win the game. Oh, absolutely. You think about that Utah State game last year when Baylor goes out and. Fortunately, we had put up enough points in the first half, and we had Tyler Algier to lean on. But here you go. <laughs> but but Conover was able to come in, and we were able to just kind of like, okay, let's just hunker down, weather the storm. We're gonna be fine. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I think this is the type of game that, yeah, even if Utah Tech all of a sudden starts scoring, we have to figure that out. We have to get – we need to get reps on other guys and start bringing in – bring in guys that are on the scout team. Bring in whoever. Bring in your future guys here. This is the game to do it. Absolutely. And if we don't – if if Jaron plays in the second half, I might lose my mind. If Jaron plays in the second half, it's one of two things. The game is really close. Like not when I said close earlier, I meant like like we said 14 or so, 14, 17. I would consider that close against Utah Tech. If if Jaron's in the second half, to me that means you're within one score. Yeah. Or the coaching staff is just doing idiotic things. Like if they if you're winning, Jaron wants to pad his stats and <laughs> go to the NFL, like, whatever. Hey guys, uh, I need this. The, 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 this past month hasn't been great for my stock. I, I need to really raise it up a little bit. Let's do let's do some of those some of those less of those yellow flag plays and more of like me throwing it downfield. Let's do those. <laughs> we pull out the yellow flag play a lot, so let's right. let's stop doing that one. Absolutely. Anyway, but. Overall, we got our predictions in. Yeah. Not really much else to say. Um, but I do have, because it was a bye week and, you know, this would have been <laughs> a 31-minute episode, which our wives probably would have loved. Especially by the time we started recording oh, it, right. too. <laughs> um, but I found a little Sporkle quiz. And... It's, can you name the career statistical leaders and All-Americans for BYU? And this is, you know, quarterback yards, quarterback touchdowns, running back yards, running back touchdowns, wide receiver yards, wide receiver touchdowns, coaching wins, All-Americans, and there's one other category. Let me let me check it real quick. Oh, and just scoring. So that's where, like, kickers will probably come into play. Okay. All right, so... I guess we'll, let's start with the quarterbacks. I feel like quarterbacks are going to be easy enough to to do here. Yeah. So, eighty-eight to ninety-one. I mean, that's we got Detmer right off the bat. Are these passing? What, what, what category? These are passing are yards and passing touchdowns. So okay, well, passing is it in order? Yeah, it's it's because, descending order. Okay, so it should be Ty. Then I believe it's Max. Okay. Yep. And then I think it's Beck. Yep. And then after that. That's where it gets, starts to get a little, like, closer, I think. And, I mean, if you name the years, that's that's basically just like a cop-out. Oh. So, I mean, like, I know McMahon's in there. Yeah, um, McMahon was next. Oh, he was next? Okay, Yeah, because cool. he, he had 9,536 yards. Um, next one. I mean, I know Bosco's somewhere in there. Bosco was the next one. I don't know what information to tell you. <laughs> Well, it's like we're working together, but you can also see the years right now. Right, I I'm see basically the years. just trying to mine's, go off. Mine's really easy. Yeah, um, uh, I mean, I'm Steve Young's ha- has to be in there, right? Steve Young is on there. He he was number eight on the list. So you okay. got two ahead of him. You got someone from ninety-one to ninety-four. I was actually mentioning who this guy was. I have a poster of him on my oh Walsh. It's John Walsh. Um. And, and then, then the other one was from 96 to Federick? 99. Federick. Okay. Um, is, I think, is Zach 10? 18 to 20. He is number 9. Oh, no, 9. Okay. Oh, and then number 10. Is Taysom? Because I put in Wilson, it, it already filled in Mark Wilson. Oh, Mark too. Wilson. I was, like, I was like, I don't think Taysom However, would be However, passing touchdowns, we didn't get number 10. He played from 75 to 77. Uh... 75 to 77. Gifford Nielsen. No. Nielsen was... I I never know how to spell shitey. Doesn't look like it's shitey. No. Hold on. S-H-E-I-D-E. No, I... Doesn't look like it's shitey. According to this, I mean, it very well could be shitey. I mean, I don't, maybe the person didn't know how to spell shitey. I don't know. Oh, I'm just. Oh, it was Gifford Nielsen. Jeez. Oh, it was. Yes, it was. That's my okay. bad. Uh, okay. Um, rushing yards, rushing yards, and rushing touchdowns. So, I mean, we'll do rushing okay, yards. Rushing but yards filling out touchdowns. is Jamal. 
Harvey. Uh-huh. Um, would Staley be third? Or No, it's not Staley third. Willis? Are, the, are they on there? <laughs> uh, I can... Staley was on rushing touchdowns, rushing yards. He was number nine. Jamal Willis was on touchdowns and rushing yards. He was number four, but number three is still there. Curtis Brown? Curtis Brown. Okay. Curtis Brown's on there. Um, I know this one wouldn't make sense to non-BYU fans, but I guarantee Taysom is on there. Taysom Hill is on there. Um, rushing yards means 18 to 21. Uh, Tyler. Algier. Yeah. Um, 83 to 86. 83 to 86. See, this is where my knowledge is not going to carry me very well. Well, especially for a running back. Right. <laughs> I know Van. I know there's a guy named Pete Van Valkenburg. It's on there somewhere. He's from 70 to 72. Um, so 83, 83 to 86. That means they would have been on the national championship team. Um. You are correct. I I, 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 I have that. Like a Hamuli. Uh, look at him. Hamuli. He was on there from 83 to 86. Now the last one for rushing yards, 73 to 76. I got nothing. Oh, um, I I have zero idea. 73 to 76. If, if you played in the 70s for BYU, the only position I can name is quarterback. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I got seventy to seventy-two. That was Pete Van Valkenburg, but I have no idea who replaced him. And then rushing touchdowns, there was a guy from eighty to eighty-three, and then ninety-six to ninety-eight. And I can't think of who these guys would be. I, I mean, we named. <laughs> I, I have no idea. The The problem is we've named, like, all the modern ones, and then we've named, like, some of the bigger ones from the past, but... I know my dad's sitting there yelling. Oh, I'm sure. Here's the thing. I know my dad, if he's listening to this in the car, he's sitting there yelling at us, just going, like, it's so-and-so. It's this person. And I'm like, I, I got nothing. I'm... <laughs> So I'm really sorry, Dad. I, I I'm letting you down. We weren't here, alive. I, All I, right. have, I have no idea. I got. I don't know either. Um, let's move on to receiver receiving yards. Okay, Cody Hoffman. Cody Hoffman's number one. Austin Collie. Collie is number two. Mitch Matthews. Nope. No. Nope. I mean, I know we have a lot of. Quarterback, so that means we have a good. So I know Dennis too. Pitt is on here. Let's see, ninety to ninety-three. Does it give you the? Uh, does it give you the? Put Kozlowski uh, on there. He had receiving touchdowns. He, it does. So what, from ninety to ninety-three. Number ten. Number ten. Uh, played eighty-eight to ninety is two thousand three hundred sixty-seven yards. That surprised me that Matthews isn't on there. I don't tell you. Did you spell it right with one T? One T? Yeah, he only has one T. He has receiving touchdowns, but not receiving yards. Wow, that is surprising because he he must have just because he has over two thousand receiving yards. He must have just it, it just must missed be just under. That's crazy. Okay, this is uh, this got a lot harder. Yeah, so you got. <laughs> Because the thing is, all these receivers, it's 90 to 93, 97 to 2,000, 87 to 90, 65 to 67, 81 to 83, 82 to 86, and 88 to, to 90. Okay. So wh- who do we have? Hoffman, Colley, and Pitta as far as yards. Okay. Um, let's go with... What was Reno Mahi? Nope. Um, what was the name? Oh, freak! He was he played in that in that Royal versus Navy like not charity match, but like old 
players match. I don't know what to call it. Um, but what's his name? Um, Eric Drage. I bet he was he's early nineties. Oh man, he was number three on the list. Oh really? I feel good pulling that one out of my head. <laughs> yeah, he was in, he was playing in that game. Um, Wait, what stat are we doing? Receiving yards. Total. Total receiving yards. Look, Mitch Matthews isn't on the list. You got to get over that. No, I'm not saying. No, no, no I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not hung up on Mick, Mitch Matthews. I'm, I'm kidding. I just ninety-seven to two thousand. I. <laughs> 87 to 90, 65 to 67, 81 to 83, 82 to 86, 88 to 90. So I have uh, no idea uh, if it's Keo Luhui or whatever his name was. I have no chance in being able to put that in here. So if it's him, he deserves it. Let's we can move to receiving touchdowns. <laughs> it's not really gonna help. Um sixty five to sixty seven. Again, who? I know. <laughs> uh and I I already tried Vicekahema. But he was more of a returner. He was a returner, yeah. Um eighty seven to ninety, eighty one to eighty three, and seventy six to seventy-eight. And so I think I know one of the eighty ones. Okay. Maybe. Who? I don't know how to spell it though. Matt Bellini. Matt Be- Mark Bellini. Or Mark Bellini. Oh, Matt Bellini was in there for receiving yards. Oh, so there's 87, two. 87 to 90. <laughs> there's two Bellini. Mark Bellini was for receiving yards 82 to 86 and for receiving touchdowns in 87 to 90. No, 87 to 90. That's definitely supposed to be Matt still. Like okay. looking at this, I'm like, <laughs> okay, no, you can't have different. Well, different. Okay, that. Well, two birds with one stone. There we go. Yeah, there we go. I mean, that's that's basically everyone. I have no idea who else would be on this list. Quite honestly, like zero idea. I have no idea because I mean it gets tough. <laughs> I know who was throwing to them, right? <laughs> well, we've been known as QBU. You know, like I can name a lot of great quarterbacks, but other players, it's just like boom. Oh, what about Ronnie Jenkins? Was he? He's got to be a rushing guy. Oh my gosh, rushing touchdowns, Ronnie Jenkins. Hey, what was he on the list? Number ten. There you go. There you <laughs> just go. Just snuck by. Just snuck by. Okay, um, let's move to scoring. So chances are these are going to be more kickers. So oh seven oh. to ten. That's Mitch Payne. Yeah. Matt Payne's also on there. 97 to 2000. I think this is Potchman. Owen Potchman. It is. Okay. 16 to 21. Is that Oldroid? It's got to be Oldroid. It's got to be Oldroid, but why wouldn't it say present? Uh, I mean, this was updated January 22, and so it's, mm-hmm. it's just listing it there. Okay. 08 to 2013. Is that Justin Sorensen? It is. It is. It could be. Man. Okay, and then the last one, 80 to 82. Wait. Miracle Bowl. Kurt Gunther. (laughs) Okay, funny funny thing about how I know that one. (laughs) I worked with his son. Oh, okay. So his son worked at at my, (laughs) my previous job, and I knew... And my dad, I remember he told me this story that, you know, how do you feel that uh, someone was asking Lavelle after the after the game, said, well, how does it feel to have two Catholics win you the football game? Because it was um, it was Jim McMahon to uh, oh, what's his name? Like Clay, we said, Clay good, Brown. Like I was saying, like we said, we're good at the the quarterbacks. I we're not was, good. At the I think it was Clay Brown. I, okay, that's uh, uh, maybe. Um, but Lavelle said uh, two Catholics tied the game for me. It was a, a return missionary who won the game for me on the PAT. <laughs> I was like, hey, Kurt Gunther, baby. <laughs> it's true. I guess. All right. Now here's <laughs> what I I believe is the hardest. 
and that's coaching wins. Yeah. Because I can name four. Yeah, and I, I didn't even know that Gary Croton would count yeah. before we started recording. Yeah. I Just because it's like pre-Lavelle, I have no clue. So, you know, I put the four in there. You got Lavelle, Mendenhall, Satake, and Croton. And I'm assuming that at least... Is that one, two, three, four? Or is it... It's at least one, two, three. It's one, two, assume. three, and then there's from 28 to 36, so... <laughs> Uh, and then from 64 to 71, and then 37 to 48. And then Wait, 28, to, 28 to 36, I believe that means that that coach uh, was fired the year that Grandpa was born. Ah. I think. In 36, huh? Or was Grandpa born in 35? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, and then but either Croton, way, it's not looking good. So Croton is number seven on the list. Okay. He had 26 wins. But yeah, I as far as the rest of these, I I threw Smith in there just hoping it popped for an All-American for Chris Smith who was a tight end in 1990. So, that's cool. I wonder if we should test like church names. <laughs> we would have we would have already gotten young. I did Smith. I mean, <laughs> I mean uh, I'm trying to think of. I don't know. Let's let's move to know. all Americans first. Okay, all Americans. So defensive lineman from 1986 is when he was an all American. It's, it's okay. First off, I know offensive players more. You're telling me I have to know a defensive player from the 80s? I bet this is Jason Buck. It could be. It is Jason Buck. <laughs> I'm happy you know Man, that. I I. Some somewhere my dad has locked away stupid knowledge in my head. That's good. Okay, offensive lineman 2020. Offensive lineman 2020, Brady Christensen. It is Brady Christensen. Offensive lineman in 1989. I have no clue. Yeah. Uh, how about an offensive lineman in 1980? <laughs> Again, you're asking a lot. I did get the tight end for 82 to 83, though. That was Gordon Hudson. Okay. Then the rest of them we've already got. Jim McMahon, Dennis Pitta, Chris Smith, Luke Staley, Mark Wilson, and Steve Young. Well, you know, I feel like we actually did pretty good considering. Right. I mean, there's... Considering our age, too, maybe someone who... Like, if our dads took this, I'm sure it would be a lot more filled out. Uh, Probably. All right, so I'm I mean, they ahead. could probably name the coach before Lavelle. We, we, <laughs> we could. They might be able to. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and say, hit give up, and let's let's reveal some of these ans- these answers. So we got okay. 79 of 93, which I feel that's I feel pretty, pretty good about it. Yeah, that's pretty solid. All right, so rushing yards, Jeff Blank or Jeff Blanc. When did he play? 73 to 76. I'm surprised you didn't know that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, rushing touchdowns from 80 to 83. Wayman Hamilton. See, this isn't even like... I would never even guess that as a fake name. Oh, uh, I know. Uh, receiving yards. Margin Hooks. 97 to 2000. Never heard so, of yeah, him. Yeah, I feel like my dad could have named that one. Uh, and then from 65 to 67 was Phil Odell. You, you, the funny thing is... I've heard that name before. Really? I've never heard of Margin Hooks. Wow. And I think it's because Phil Odell, his, he has a picture like up in Lavelle Edwards Stadium somewhere. Oh, that's nice. I, I like a banner uh, or something. So Phil Odell is actually also number four on the receiving touchdowns list. Oh, wow. At 25. So he played from 65 to 67. And then uh, from 76 to 78, Mike Cronister, another receiving <laughs> touchdowns guy. All right, here we go. Here's where the coachings, the coaching wins comes in. Please, tell, we got all the quarterback stuff, right? We got all the quarterback stuff, and we got all the scoring. Interesting. Well, thank and you to you for the kickers. For the, I yeah, I got you. <laughs> I would have never known those. <laughs> all right, coaching wins. So from the the coach from 28 to 36 was Ot Romney. So we could have tested a church name. We could. 
could have just said a church name. Uh, 64 to 71 was Tommy Hudspeth. From 37 to 48 was Edwin Kimball. From 49 to 55 was Charles Atkinson. From 56 to 68 was Harold Kopp. And from 61 to 63 was Hal Mitchell. You know, I I, I don't feel bad that I didn't know anybody (laughs) pre-Lavelle. Because... Really, BYU football didn't even begin until Lavelle. Let's be honest. 19. Well, that's what it feels like. <laughs> that's what that's it feels certainly like. what it feels like. All right, and then we only missed two All-Americans. We missed the two offensive linemen. From 1989, actually, I'm going to save that name for last. Okay. 1980, Nick Iyer. Gotcha. And 1989, I'm surprised you didn't get this one, Mohamed Elawanibi. <laughs> so... I mean, normally a household name. Oh, sure. A little, a little rough. We didn't get that one, Mohammed. Yeah, Elohanibi. that's a pretty big miss on our part. Yeah, that's that's disappointing on our part. But anyway, I mean, <laughs> hey, we know. Can we, you tell we didn't have much to talk about? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will say though, like we did better than I expected. Oh, for sure. Being able to pull out some of those names, as far as like, um, like you pulling out Lake Haimuli. And um, well, I'm pretty sure the only reason I pulled that out is because I heard my dad in my head saying that name before. Oh, probably similarly to you. Like you've, right. you know, your dad has mentioned that name before. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, um, and you got Bellini too, which ended up getting like three different yeah. categories and, and which was two great. different people. Right, I- exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I got the Eric Drage, and then yeah, I, I got the scoring. I know kickers. <laughs> I know kickers. <laughs> well, so the ones that are like in the 2000s and to now, I'm, it's not not that it's not impressive. It's so impressive as a kicker, but it's not as impressive as the one from 97 to 2000. I would have never been able to bring up a name. Oh, Owen Pochman? Yeah, I would have yeah. never been able to bring up a name. Yeah, don't ask me how I know that. I have no idea. It just kind of all of a sudden was just like, oh, Owen Pochman. Chances are it's him. Like, oh yeah, okay. Love going back to watch sure. his highlights. Absolutely, I've been a big Owen Pochman fan <laughs> for uh, a lot of my life. Of course. No, I mean, because because he was okay. So it was Matt Payne that replaced Owen Pochman, apparently. <sighs> and I, I couldn't tell you who it was in '05. It doesn't tell you. No, like oh, they're not on this list. Oh, they're not on the list. So they obviously weren't. Either we weren't scoring as much so as we say, should have been. So you're saying between between Sorensen and Payne, you don't five know. to 08. You know what's funny? I actually can pull one name out. Who? Derek McLaughlin. I'm about to look. You're gonna look this up. Yeah. So actually, it's probably Jared. I think it's Jared McLaughlin because there's two McLaughlins on like that were kickers. You had one punter and one kicker. So should I just look up like? 2007 stats and look look at the kickers. Sure, I, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Jared McLaughlin was there. I think he replaced Matt Payne. Because uh, yeah, you had Jared McLaughlin who was the kicker, and then Derek McLaughlin, and they weren't related. Um, and he was the punter. Oh, 2007 was Mitch Payne. Oh yes, it was Mitch Payne. So oh five to oh six was okay. Was I know the name Mitch Jared. Payne? Yeah, you do know the name Mitch. <laughs> Mitch Payne, the guy who made let me, three let me field check goals. Check oh six though. Okay, while we're on this, two thousand ten. Guy made three field goals against Utah, absolutely crushing it. And I am convinced that if Devin Mahina sticks out his hand even just a little bit to make that Utah corner go around it. Mitch Payne sinks that fourth field goal to win it. I am dead convinced. But Jared alas, McLaughlin. Jared McLaughlin, nice. And his brother, Derek, was it's the punter. His, it's not his brother. Oh, no, it's not. They're not related. That's the crazy part. Okay. If you looked at where they oh. were from, I can't remember where Jared was from, but I know Derek McLaughlin. Don't ask me how I remember this. Hold on. Now I have to go to the roster because I was looking at the college sports reference but Derek McLaughlin was from like Alaska 
Don't ask me, don't ask me where this is all coming from. I've downloaded this information. I I, I connect <laughs> to my computer every day so I can so I can wow people with uninteresting facts. Okay. Derek McLaughlin was from Mesa, Arizona. It did start with an A. So there you go. So where's Jared from? Jared is from Wetumpka, Alabama. I don't know where I got where I got Alaska from. I don't know. Let me see if anybody on this team is from Alaska. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> it's in alphabetical order. Um, no, no one's from Alaska. <laughs> no. Maybe he served his mission in Alaska. <laughs> if he served his mission in Alaska, and that's where you got it from, I'm going to be. Which one is this, Jared or Derek? I believe it was Derek, but I could be well. Well off with that. Okay, let's see. Derek, let's see. Did he serve a Sir church mission in Rosario, Argentina? Yeah, it wasn't him then. And Jared served his mission in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. And I just don't know where I got that from then. Um. <laughs> That's okay. I'm, I'm just impressed... That you were able to pull that the names name, out. That I can name the... Yeah. Well, here I am. I couldn't do that. Here, here I am. This is this is who I am. You all have to accept me, and you guys are the ones listening to me. So. Yeah? Who was the kicker in 2017? I don't want to talk about Red Almond. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew we had mentioned him earlier. So yeah, that's I, don't, I don't want to talk about Red uh, it was really funny. We, we, he was the guy that Kalani had much more faith in yeah. that Boise State game than I ever did. Yeah. we we Before we decided on what quiz we would take, we were looking through quizzes, and we, t- we took the 2017 roster quiz. Yeah, I think we named like 13. There are names <laughs> on that roster where it's like, I know you existed, but I couldn't tell you what position you play. Right. Yeah, no. I mean, it was, it was a rough time. That's for sure. Yeah. 2017 was was fun. Um, speaking of which, we do have. Uh, I think, I think we're gonna try to put together a our favorite moments. Top from, plays. Yeah, top plays. Yeah, like not our favorite moments. That's different. Our favorite moments, like it would be like, you know, this this game or this set of plays, like, like, like twenty one. Our our play for twenty one is not the same as like. Well, it might be different for you, but my favorite moment is beating Utah. Right. But that's not the top play, right? Top play didn't come in that game. Yeah, so so we're we're trying to figure that out. We'll we'll put together our list. Um, what I'd love to do is, if I can, I'll try to find highlights of them and put them in the show notes. That way, you can go watch the plays that we're talking about. Some of them are obvious. Twenty fourteen, Taysom jumping over Texas. I mean, doesn't get much better than that. Mm-hmm. Some of them are a little tougher, like. Uh, in 2012, there's a few different plays we're waffling between, and anyway, in we'll, 2017, we have to 2017, we have to find a play. <laughs> I I don't know that we have a play. It'd probably be some some weird Joe Critchlow pass in UNLV. I don't oh, I don't sure. know. Like Sam Boyd Stadium going like just getting deflated from Joe Critchlow. I'm sure. Anyway, but yeah, we're we're gonna do that. Um, Probably after the bowl game, assume you know, assuming we get bowl eligible, assuming we get a bowl game, right? Yeah, who knows? But uh, which I don't know if you've seen any of the projections for where we're going to go for a bowl game. Apparently, some people are saying New Mexico Bowl. Some people are saying the Fight Hunger Bowl. My dad saw something where they said the Independence Bowl again. Which I tell mm-hmm. you, if they do the Independence Bowl. I personally wouldn't mind trying to go there again because of the nice guy that hooked us up with on-field tickets. I right. mean, that was... Yeah, you told me about that. That was one of the more amazing experiences I've ever been a part of. I'm sure. But anyway, I don't know that we'll be going to the bowl game either way, but what an up-and-down season so far. I mean, we still got we still have two weeks. Two weeks, potentially a third game. And the last thing I'm going to say is go ducks apps i i agree go ducks absolutely anyway that's not i mean not the last thing on the podcast but no but last, that is the most important that is thing. the most important thing this week is is making sure the ducks win 
But thank you guys for listening uh, to yet another episode, and we will catch you next week. See you.